Giving Credit is a podcast giving those making a difference their credit. On a weekly basis, we'll be interviewing parents, tech CEOs, financial experts, kid entrepreneurs, and others to learn about credit, education, financial literacy, and building wealth equity. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to another edition of Giving Credit, a podcast all about credit by Kitty Credit. And I am your host, Annika Jackson, here with Matt Cohen, who is the head of product and also a serial entrepreneur in the tech space. Welcome, Matt. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Happy to have you here. So before we dive into your credit story, I want to hear more about your background and what led you to Kitty Credit. Yeah, thanks for asking. So um, I'm actually a non-tech co-founder of a tech startup as I, I you know, started into this whole entrepreneurial journey. And, uh, you know, essentially a good friend of mine, you know, we, we had an idea, you know, everyone has ideas, right? <laughs> but we, we had an idea, did our research at the time. We saw that, that there was an opportunity. And essentially what we were trying to create was a social discovery, which is it's like a social network, but there's more of a focus on actually meeting like new people mm. and making new friends and meeting in real life. And so the idea was to create a social discovery platform that was built around music, right? So for music fans, and you would link up with people who had the same musical interests or were going to the same music festivals or same events, et cetera. And so, you know, cool idea, did our research, came up with the name, you know, we were all excited. And then it was like, what's next, right? Now we need to build this piece of technology and we know nothing. And so uh, it was interesting, you know, I would say I learned through School of Hard Knocks, you know, originally we had outsourced um, to a team in the Ukraine, and it took about two years to build our first app, which uh, totally crashed on us within two months of launching. And, you know, we, we had a ton of momentum, like it was, it was definitely a hot product that hit, hit the market, it was new, it was fresh, there was nobody else doing it. And uh, we started growing quickly and the whole app crashed on us. So, you know, we spent all our money on this too, by the way. So we were, you know, we were sitting there, what's next, how to borrow some additional capital from, you know, friends and family and uh, found another partner. And then these partners, you know, they took six months to build, uh, you know, rebuild the app and it was totally not what they promised. Oh no. And then that app had issues. So, you know, ultimately we, we found another uh, person who joined as a, as a legitimate partner and uh, he was actually a user of the app. So he was part of the community and saw that there was issues with the app and just volunteered to kind of get involved. And we brought him as a partner. And so that that time around, we rebuilt it and it was a stable product. It was good. But, you know, the momentum had had already kind of died out that we had built. And that was a challenge in and of itself. We ran out of money and ultimately, uh, you know, a large investment fell through and uh, we were kind of burnt out, you know, through, through the process. It was it was a challenge. And so. You know, I the the way I got in, I say all that because you know I'll segue into how I got involved in Kitty Credit. Uh, you know, the founder or CEO Evan, he was a good friend of mine, and uh, he kept coming to me with this idea mm-hmm. of Kitty Credit. And I, I know it wasn't really the, <laughs> well put together yet. You know, I, I love the mission; I was connected to it, but I, I was like, "How do you make money? How do you do this? How do you do that?" <laughs> and you know, only trying to save him from spending a lot of money like I did and ending up at the end with nothing. So. Uh, you know, we kind of went back and forth and then one day it just kind of clicked, right? I, I think he did a little bit more research, fleshed it out a little more, came to me and he said, this is how it's going to function. And I was like, okay, let's give this a shot. Let's prototype it. So we did. And, um, you know, it, it, I was like, this has legs. Like, this is actually a really good idea. In fact, I wish I had it as a, as a child <laughs> because of all the issues I've had with my own credit. 
And so, you know, ultimately I, I saw his vision. I really believe heavily in Evan. He, you know, he's a true visionary uh, when it comes to this. And, and I was just like, you know what? I don't want him to go down the same path I went. Mm. And I was like, so if I can help with the project, you know, add some value in terms of guiding him away from some of the potholes and help him get to that next level of success. You know, that was, that was really how I got in, but, you know, ultimately I'm deeply connected to the mission because once again, I completely (laughs) ruined my credit as a young adult and um, you know, here we are. Yeah, here we are. So speaking of um, share your story, I mean, as much or as little as you want, but what is your experience with credit and finance? Cause I know some people on our team have, amazing credit because their parents taught them stuff. Most of us opposite. (laughs) We all ruined our credit at least once, maybe twice, maybe more times. We don't even want to talk about, um, and, and you know, and, and how to figure it out. So, yeah. So, uh, my parents may be listening, so uh, I'm not going to throw them under the bus. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, actually, you know, they, they were, they were really good, um, from a financial standpoint, you know, for example, uh, when I was bar mitzvah, you know, there's a lot of money that came in. They ended up investing that for me, teaching me a bit about the stock market and mutual funds. And, you know, that, that went well until I turned 18 and I had access to it. Yeah. And then of course <laughs> I blew that. But um, in, in terms of credit, it was interesting because I, I understand it now at the time I didn't, right. We could go a little bit deeper into it maybe later on, but my dad had added me as an authorized user to his credit card. Oh, wow. you know, probably when I was, I guess, you know, 17, 16, 17, 18, I don't know, somewhere around those age, but I was young and I didn't know it. And I didn't really understand why, you know, until I, I was older. And so I, you know, I, I was in college and, uh, you know, I had probably a 750 or 800. I mean, this is pre credit karma and all that. Right. So, I mean, I don't really know, but I know that I had a a pretty high credit score and, um, you know, my first actual credit card. So this is what's crazy. You know, I don't know if they still do it, but you know, you you go on a college campus, so you're 18, Mm -hmm. you're fresh 18, you go on a college campus and they're like, Hey, you know, sign up and you get like free pizza and a free t-shirt, you know, and a credit card. (laughs) And I'm like, cool. You know, I don't really know what it is. I'm like, I'm in. And so I think it was a U.S. bank actually. And, uh, you know, here's your $500 limit credit card. I knew nothing about how it actually works. You know, all I know is my parents said, you know, pay it off on time, which as an 18 year old kid, you're like, ah, you know, I could, (laughs) I could use, you know, an extra, uh, you know, Pair of, pair of clothes or this and you know some shoes right so the 500 didn't last long you exactly. know before that was maxed out and then you get in the perpetual cycle of just paying your minimums and you don't understand how that that functions right and you you know you just kind of understand all right don't default but you're just paying the minimums you don't understand the interest rates behind it etc so that was you know that's kind of my first stab at it but then um you know i'd say i was still semi-responsible through my college years and then once i graduated this is like pinnacle irresponsibility with a credit card. So please, if you're listening, don't do what I did here. Um, You know, I was 23 and I was, had my first job enterprise rent a car, which I didn't like at the time, you know, and, and for me, my only escape, I've always been into cars and vehicles. And I was like, you know, what about a motorcycle? Cause I couldn't afford a nice car, (laughs) but a motorcycle, they're not that expensive. And so I had a, I had just applied for a Bank of America uh, credit card and I had a $6,000 limit because like I said, with, I guess, being an authorized user under my dad's account, uh, I had good credit. So I qualified for a $6,000 limit at 23 years old, which is probably too much. 
And, uh, <laughs> and I walk, I go, <laughs> this is a real story. I go right to the motor motorcycle dealership and say, how much is that? It was 5,700. And I put, oh put the God. credit card right down, max it out like day one. And I was like, well, now I got a motorcycle. So I'm happy. And once again, it's kind of paying those minimums. So paying like a few hundred dollars a month. Right. Wow. Uh, so, you know, instead of going through the process of like financing it traditionally, which would have given me a lower interest rate and all of that, I didn't, I didn't understand anyway. I was like credit card, you guys take credit cards. Here you go. And, uh, and so I was paying the minimums off and, and, um, sometimes I pay slightly higher. So let's say the minimum I had to pay was like, you know, 300 a month. Sometimes I'm paying five or 600, you know, thinking I'm paying it down. I had a whole plan and strategy. What I didn't plan for was that my job wasn't going to last forever. And Mm. so, uh, you know, ultimately I got fired and this was like, you know, Oh nine. So this was right after, uh, that, you know, the great recession, it was, it was bad times, you know, even with your degree, you're not getting a job. And so there I am jobless and I still need to pay, pay his his bill. And so I ultimately kind of like fire sold the motorcycle. I didn't get what it was worth, but you know, maybe I got like three grand for it. And, uh, I decided to use that three grand to survive. Yeah. Right. So I had cash and I was like, I don't know my next move. So it was just interesting, you know, ultimately that was when I started my first company and, you know, bootstrapped that along, put everything I had into it. And, but ultimately I maxed out all my credit cards. I think I had two or three, I think I had three and I just maxed them all out just to survive, right. Just to kind of keep things going along for the next year. And so I got another job. So, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I, I blew my credit and it, it kind of stayed like that because, you know, being an entrepreneur and we had trouble raising money. I mean, it was like, it was rough pickings. It was a point where I was on EBT, right? I mean, I had Mm -hmm. nothing in the bank. I was couch surfing, like you name it. I've been through it just trying to get, keep my company going along. And uh, so I blew my credit, right? just like completely defaulted on everything, just left it, didn't care. And then ultimately it was meeting Evan who changed, you know, he actually educated (laughs) me about this stuff, which was funny. So, you know, we started talking about the kitty credit thing and he was like, let me help you out. And so (laughs) I had like a 530, you know, hadn't paid any of my credit card bills in five years, whatever it was. And he started really explaining certain things to me. And, you know, this was what, three years ago, but now, you know, well, I'm well over 700 credit score. Uh, I have over $90,000 in terms of the limit. Uh, you know, I'm still under that 30%, mm-hmm. uh, you know, utilization target, like all those things <laughs> that I would have never known. And I'm, I'm living a very fruitful and, and happy life as opposed to couch surfing and maxed out credit cards. So that's the thing that they easier. don't tell you about entrepreneurship is how much blood, sweat, tears, and money you're going to end up putting back into the company to make it work. If you're, if you're truly an entrepreneur and this is what you have to do, Right. Yeah, they don't tell you any of that and, and what it, how it's going to affect your credit. And then when you start a new company and you're trying to build up the credit for your company, they still look at your own credit to see like, well, is this person legit? Should I really you know, work with them? So it is definitely a struggle. And I um, commiserate with a lot of your story. Absolutely. So and, and credit, I mean, you, you just kind of went through my next question, which is why is credit important? Because you talked about how you needed to you know, you needed something to leverage to be able to get to the next phase or find money for your company. And you couldn't because you had already maxed out your credit and you'd already (laughs) been delinquent and like all those things. So that alone, I mean, on the business side, and then not even going to the personal side of like, then how do you get another vehicle? 
you know, how do you get a house or whatever your next goal is, or even when you're applying for an apartment, right? Like any of those things, they all look at your credit score. So if you could give your past self some advice on credit, what is like the number one or number one, two, and three things that you would say? I mean, me personally, it was just, you know, don't be impulsive, right? Like, it's, <laughs> it, it, you know, the, the, the biggest challenge is once you have a line of credit, like you, your mind starts wandering, especially if you've never really had money in your life, yeah. right? Like I didn't really grow up money, you know, I mean, I, I was fine, but like, I didn't grow up with money. And so all of a sudden you feel like you can afford things that you've never been able to afford, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the new PlayStation or something in, you know, that's 500 or 600 bucks. You're like, I could just go get it and I'll just pay it off whenever. And, and uh, you know, the idea is to just really, really think through those decisions, really analyze, you know, what your income is, how much you're making, you know, how, how um, um, uh, I can't think of the word, but your uh, how secure is your job, right? Mm -hmm. Like, for example, like I said earlier, I wasn't anticipating getting fired when I made that decision. But yeah. in hindsight, me as an employee within that framework, I mean, I had an entrepreneurial mindset. So like, I didn't belong in corporate America at all. <laughs> You know, so so I, I probably could have figured that out on my own. Like, like <laughs> let me let me keep that padding right, for when this right. doesn't work out. Yeah. So I have something in there to figure out my next move. Right. So just be more strategic about it. Um, you know, the, the the impulsive component, you know, stay away from it. It's not free money. <laughs> <laughs> so if you had one hundred thousand dollars right now in your pocket, what would you do with it? You know, it's a challenging question because, you know, I feel like I feel like, you know, kind of the canned answer there would be, you know, invested. Right. And, right. and uh, of course, you know, you have to invest in order to, you know, see a return and all of that. And there's a bunch of different ways to invest. Right. Everything from, you know, stocks to mutual funds, like we said earlier, all the way to cryptocurrency, all the way mm -hmm. to, you know, even buying art or car or baseball cards, right. Mm -hmm. Or even sneakers. Some of that, some of those can be an investment now. So, uh, you know, it's a challenge to say for, for me personally, it's investing in myself mm -hmm. and, and it's something that, you know, it, it's interesting because you have college, right. Where college, you could easily spend a hundred grand. Oh, yeah. Throughout college. But a lot of times you go to college for a general education and, and you switch majors and you don't really know why you're there. And I think you start to have some clarity. And of course, some people know what they want to do and their kids and they and they pursue it. But, I, you know, for for a lot of people, I feel like you don't really start getting that clarity until you're potentially in your late 20s or early 30s or even beyond. And now that I'm in my mid 30s, it, I would just spend a lot of that investing in myself. You know, and and uh, now I know what I'm doing in my life. I know what I'm involved in. So I would invest in taking more classes and getting involved in more places, um, you know, even work, working out and things like that. Like really just trying to be the best me that I possibly can. And some of it costs money. Yeah. And so I think yeah. that would actually be pretty early on my list. You know, would I spend the full hundred? Of course not. Like I said, <laughs> I would invest. I would invest, you know, a fair amount of that. But I think something that goes overlooked is people are so focused on money, 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 and they forget about themselves yeah. and their own mental health and their own self-improvement. And some of that stuff costs money. And so that would be really high up on my list. Give me some snaps. Nobody has given that answer. And I love it because that is so important. Making sure that you're, because if you're not healthy of mind and spirit and body uh, and setting yourself up, then you're not setting yourself up for success in the long run. So kudos to you. I love that. 
hundred percent. And and it's funny. I mean, I'm practicing that in my, in my real life, like right now, like, you know, for the first time in my entrepreneurial journey, I'm actually making some money, right? Like this is just being hundred percent transparent <laughs> and, uh, and it's nice, you know, and, and I'm, I'm at a point where, uh, you know, I'm married to my best friend and I'm, you know, I'm happy there. Uh, I live in LA. I'm a, you know, I'm a transplant from New York. So like, I love being out here on the West coast. <laughs> you know, I, I live in a, in a nice place with a garage. I'm driving my childhood dream car, right? Like there's all these kind of material things too that, that I like, but what's interesting is I'm starting to allocate a sizable portion of my monthly income towards the gym, towards, you know, personal training, um, you know, even starting to, to take like golf lessons, right. That's something that I'm starting to enjoy and just figure out how to improve myself there. Right. It's mm-hmm. just th- this whole thing. And, and uh, it's something I never thought I would do because I was, I was so focused on the big ideas and then the money and, and the fast life and all that. But it's, it's uh, you know, you start facing your own mortality and all that. You're like, you know, I want to, I want to enjoy things. I want to, yeah. you know, I want everything to be maximized in the areas that I enjoy about life. And, and so, so yeah. Yeah. It's about finding the pleasure in every, in the everyday. Right. And then being able to extra enjoy the other stuff that you add into that. A hundred percent. And, and, you know, it's, it's, uh, I think you, you kind of tapped into it earlier. If you're not, if you're not in the right spot, kind of mentally, you know, spiritually and all of that, it's, it's, it's a challenge to, to be successful, Mm -hmm. right? Like it, it'll hinder sometimes your productivity and, you know, even just your own morale when you're trying to solve complex problems or, you know, push forward a a company or even if you're at work. Right. So uh, these are just really, really important things. And I found that, that as I started, you know, so for example, in buying a car, right. For most, for most people, it's a terrible investment. It's a depreciating asset, but you're thinking about it strictly financially. For me, I'm a car guy and (laughs) that's what I love doing. And so it provides so much joy in my life that it allows, it's like a stress reliever and allows me to really attack everything else that's in front of me and know mm-hmm. that I could go hop in the car and go cruise down the street, put a smile on my face and let everything out, Yeah, you know, and, and that goes overlooked a lot because people Definitely. are just, you know, dollars and cents. Yeah, absolutely. So as the head of product for Kitty Credit, what is something that you're really excited about that's coming Forth. That's going to be something new that um, our audience can anticipate checking out. So I can't go into too much detail <laughs> on what we're what we're brewing up, but something that we're really excited about introducing is is an actual curriculum in into the app, and um, you know there'll there'll be ways to have fun with it and earn rewards, uh, you know, based on what you're learning and passing some of the quizzes and making it to the next level. But I would say that's that's queued up it's coming soon and uh and it's really exciting but we also have some other very exciting features um that i can't quite discuss just yet that's okay that's okay um is there anything else that you'd want to tell our audience today just about you about credit about kitty credit uh you know short and sweet i would say just uh enjoy your existence be nice to people focus on your own peace and happiness nice That is a really zen way to end the podcast today. So thank you. Um, And Matt, how can people find you if they wanted to find out more about you, your life, follow you on socials? Yeah, I would say I'm kind of only active on on Instagram. And that is uh, my name spelled out, Matt Cohen. And then the numeral five, uh, period zero. Yeah, it's uh, my car's a Mustang. So it's a (laughs) 5.0. 
Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking some time and enlightening me and our audience about your journey as an entrepreneur and giving us some good information and things to think about when it comes to credit, finance, and money and life. So as I said, you, you are definitely ending this on a very Zen tone, very peaceful. So with that, thank you everybody for listening again this week. We'll be back again next week. And Matt, really appreciated having you on today. Yeah, thanks a lot, Annika. This podcast has been brought to you by Kitty Credit, a mobile app designed to educate children on the credit system by completing chores. Now available in the App Store and on Google Play. For more information, go to kittycredit.com. K-I-D-D-I-E-K-R-E-D-I-T.com. <laughs>